Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with trendsetters who are leading innovation in public safety and expert advice on growing your own post-law enforcement business. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Welcome to episode 42 of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. In this episode, my guest is going to share with you his new and very unique drone technology. Alex Tates is the founder of Fusion Flight and the inventor of the Jet Quad, a jet-powered drone that can fly at speeds up to 250 miles per hour with a 60-mile range. Alex is going to tell us how he came up with the idea and what applications he sees for the public safety market. So let's dive into my interview with Alex Tates. Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Today we have Alex Tates on the show from Fusion Flight. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, it's great having you on. I came across your concept, your business, if you will, on, on LinkedIn. I was scrolling along one day and I saw this wicked cool video of a jet-powered drone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, what that, what is this? And so I, I, you know, tapped into it and started looking and um, became intrigued pretty quickly and, and reached out to you and made the connection. And here we are today now recording a podcast episode. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is, uh, this is something that's very cool. And I think if anybody's going to do something in life and dedicate to it, uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta have the cool factor about it. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. I suppose jet-powered drones was kind of a an obvious next step for for drones. I mean, the the drone industry in general over the last few years has just exploded, especially in the public safety sector. As I'm sure you know, we've talked a lot on the show here about a lot of new ideas and concepts and things that have been evolving over the last few years, as well as um, ideas for for where things go in the next couple of years. But I have to admit a jet powered drone wasn't immediately something I thought of or really would have imagined an application for if it wasn't for coming across uh, you and your video on LinkedIn and then checking on your website and seeing the things that you're doing and your YouTube videos. So um, for those other dummies out there that maybe hadn't thought about this idea of how a jet powered drone might be incorporated into the public safety sector, why don't you let us know, you know, what is, what is the big problem that you're solving right now with Fusion Flight and, and with your jet-powered drone? What does that concept look like? Yeah. So the big limiting problem for all of these modern drones is uh, is the propellers. And, you know, you can't go very fast on the drone that has a propellers on it. Uh, it also cannot go into a lot of tight spaces. Uh, can't reach a lot of altitude. And... Uh, most importantly, you know, they're powered by batteries. So you're either going to swap very expensive batteries in between flights or, you know, you're going to wait for a long time to recharge. So when you do a jet engine drone that's fueled by a conventional fuel, liquid fuel like diesel, uh, you're creating something that's very fast, can go to very high altitudes, and it can also be refueled in minutes and go on to its next mission, can also deliver a big payload. So 
Uh, you combine those things together, and obviously something like this is ideal for emergency situations. So uh, whether it's emergency medical delivery or in the public safety sector, there is a lot of applications where speed is key to uh, successfully doing what, what you want to do, whether it is chasing some guy down the road. You know, some of these guys <laughs> in their supercars, they can be doing 200, 250 miles an hour. And oftentimes the police helicopter can't even catch up to them. They just they just go. Now, if you have a, a jet drone that the police can deploy, this thing can definitely reach any sort of speeding vehicle. So in terms of uh, speeding control applications, there's a lot of uh, kind of interesting applications there. And the one that I really was thinking about for a long time, the application was, God forbid you get into an accident, but you ever witness another accident on the highway and the cars are kind of all bung- bungled up and maybe if it's just occurred, Cars don't know where to go. Uh, you see a lot of debris on the highway, and it's kind of a mess. And it takes, uh, you know, 30, maybe even 40 minutes for uh, police to show up and to kind of set up the orange cone so everybody knows where to go. And they often have to go around these really complex, you know, highways and going around cars. It's very difficult. Uh, so one very interesting application for, for this JetQuad drone that I built is because it's compact, it has vertical takeoff and landing, jet-powered. You could deploy it from a police station. It will get there 10 to 15 minutes and it lands right next to the accident area. It can use lights, it can use sound, and you could potentially use something like this to kind of establish a control, a preliminary control over the accident area with this drone while you wait for the actual police and EMS to come around. And once they're there, uh, obviously the drone flies can fly back. Or it can continue flying back and forth, maybe delivering tools and equipment and medicine that you can't lend, like, for example, if you can't lend the helicopter over there. And then one day, you know, we scale up this drone so it can transport a human in a horizontal orientation. And now you can actually evacuate people from the accident area in a very compact vehicle that's easy to land on the highway. Man, you just, you you gave me a lot of ideas here. I'm just, uh, I've been sitting, I'm scratching notes. I'm like... Oh, there's so many different yeah. places to go with this conversation and concepts of where where this technology can go. So I guess let's first start back to one of the most, I guess the primary thing that you said was the, the big advantage to this technology and its application in public safety, and that was its speed. So what kind of speed are we talking like? What kind of, how fast can this craft go? Okay, so the base model, uh, which is what I'm developing in the moment, is going to be able to go up to 250 miles an hour. Uh, and that's really limited because it's a, it's kind of looks like a flying box. It's not meant to be aerodynamics, it's just meant to be very functional, getting stuff done. Now, of course, if you start adding aerodynamics, you're talking speeds in excess of 250 miles an hour, closer to the speed of sound. And in the future, if we use afterburners on these jet engines, well, we can actually build drones that are going to be able to go beyond the speed of sound as well. Uh, and still maintain vertical takeoff and landing capability. Okay. So now you mentioned the design of uh, this drone. And as I'm looking at your website here, I mean, the thing looks massive. I mean, <laughs> as far as as far as drones go, as we typically, you know, anticipate them in the civilian and public safety market. I mean, maybe on the on the military side, it's probably not it wouldn't be considered massive, but it's it looks to be about the size of a small car, right? About the size of a Volkswagen, maybe, or um, uh, a little bit uh, smaller no, than no. that. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I used to have a photo of me next to this drawing. It's really not that big. This is the, it's not that big? Okay. It's not that big. I guess I should put myself kind of in front of the drone for, in, in, in a couple of photos. That's, I'm 
good good idea. Uh, but no, this current model is, don't let it fool you, it's only four feet by four feet square. Um, so it's very small. Each one of those engines that you see in that in that picture over there uh, is about the size of, uh, you know, a little mug, a little coffee mug. Uh, so just to give you a, a scale of idea, fully fueled with payload, it weighs 130 pounds. So you can act, a single person could actually lift, lift something like this fairly easily. So this is actually... The, the smaller version. I got you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see that now. The one I was looking at was actually the one, I guess, on your homepage that it looks like it's intended to maybe carry a person. It's that uh, <laughs> yeah, vertical, it's the that vertical of the size perspective thing. on the parking lot. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, and, is it? And, okay. and I'd like to give people that illusion because scaling up this device is one of the biggest advantages of the technologies that you can do so much more with it. And, and it's really easy to make yeah. it big. Yeah. And so you said this thing's about 150 pounds. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, 130 pounds, fully loaded at takeoff or fully loaded with payload and, and, and diesel fuel. Okay. This version, it takes in five gallons of diesel fuel and a 40 pound payload. And that goes on top of the actual structure. So, so that kind of makes up for the 130 pound total, total weight. Okay. I got you. So. Is, if you're flying at 200 and, or 250 miles an hour, mm-hmm. how do you how do you fly this thing first of all and know how it's oriented and avoid obstructions and things like that? Is have you employed any technology on it itself that it can recognize via AI or whatever that that there's obstructions around, or is that purely based off a of visual line of sight? Uh, so right now, uh, the pre-production model is still purely a uh, line of sight model. It does, however, have a, a guidance and the GPS equipment. So c- the current model will fly pre-programmed waypoint navigation using a tablet, much like you would any drone where you set up the waypoints and it goes off and performs the mission. And, and it will just do that using GPS. Now, eventually, my system, my electronics are readily upgradable. Uh, with modern drone technologies. And these are off-the-shelf components that you can buy in a lot of places. And some of them have LIDARs and they have forward-facing cameras and backward-facing cameras. And it will actually go around obstacles. So, you you know, the most basic, of course, design is if you see an obstacle just slows down and turns and then goes the other direction. But with time, we will upgrade these drones with uh, very powerful NVIDIA chips. And what that will allow us is to build a 3D map of the environment in real time. And so the drone will always know where it is, what's in front of it, what's behind it, what to the side. And it will continuously update its flight trajectory and perform smooth maneuvers around all the obstacles. And obviously, if you find very fast, uh, you're going to have to have a very serious processor and camera to get this job done. Yeah. Okay. So what does, I mean, I know you're in pre-production right now, but what is the cost typically uh, for the consumer for something like this? So if I'm a public safety agency and I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to purchase one of these. What's the price range for that? A hundred K is the the base model. uh, And it, it it will allow you to do the most, uh, all the basic things that uh, flight, uh, the public safety would want to do. Uh, honestly, in terms of applications for public safety, I don't I don't think uh, they need any upgrades on top of the of the base price. So with that cost, hundred thousand dollars, it's a complete package. Uh, you get a remote control and the tablet, 
uh, all your control and telemetry is good to about uh, 20, 30 mile distance, which should be a fairly good range for a lot of missions. Now, of course, the drone itself is capable to go out 60 miles on, on a single fuel tank. So uh, we could offer upgraded uh, you know, electronics if, if, uh, and so obviously you would add additional cost to this $100,000 base price. Okay. Now, I mean, obviously when we're comparing to the traditional drones that we're used to right now, there's a big price difference there, but I assume is that largely just because of the, the jet engines themselves or what is that? What's well, that mitigating um, factor? The jet engines themselves are aggravating expensive. factor, I should say. Yeah, sure. The jet engines themselves are very expensive, but you keep in mind, I don't know if you've looked much into prices of drones that law enforcement uses, it's actually a very competitive price. So for to give you an idea, the law enforcement uses a Skydio quadcopter. They really are singing mm-hmm. uh, beautiful songs about this drone. And this is just the quadcopter, but this big, can't lift anything besides a camera. Uh, it just has sophisticated AI on it. And they're paying $20,000 for that. All right. For something this big. Now I'm talking about, now I'm talking about a drone that has, and and by the way, that little quadcopter can go at the speed of 20 miles an hour. All right. So now we're talking about a drone that has order of magnitude, higher uh, performance capabilities in terms of top speed, top altitude, payload capacity, and you don't have to recharge it. So obviously it costs a little bit more. And then if you look at similar VTOL drones, you know, um, you see a lot of like wings, wing drones with like a bunch of propellers on them and they lift up vertically and fly forward. Right. These VTOL yeah. configurations. If you look at VTOL configurations that offer the same kind of payload that the Jetquad does, they all cost anywhere between ninety dollars and $120,000. So, and they're, ba- they're battery, of course, charged. They don't have jet engines. So uh, we believe this price is very competitive. Okay. Allow me to ask you a question. Now, this question applies whether you are running a successful post-law enforcement business already or you are still on the job. What do you think distinguishes the highly successful from those who never seem to gain momentum? And which one are you? Sisyphus was the first king to rule over the kingdom of Corinth. Sisyphus was not a good king. He was incapable of learning, growing, and adapting his rule for the betterment of that society. In Greek mythology, Zeus condemned Sisyphus by forcing him to roll an immense boulder up a hill only for it to roll down again every time it neared the top, repeating this action for eternity. This laborious and futile task serves as a representation of Sisyphus's fixed mindset, never adapting, never changing, and always believing that the knowledge he possesses to get the job done is all that he can possibly attain. In contrast, Proteus, the son of Poseidon, was said to have been able to see the future, but rather than accept his fate, he changed his shape in order to avoid it. Proteus was flexible, versatile, and adaptable. Proteus had a growth mindset. So are you a Sisyphus? A Sisyphus has a fixed mindset, believes that they can't learn to do something better or learn a new skill entirely, and therefore becomes defensive when they are criticized or fail. Or are you a Proteus? A Proteus has a growth mindset, is willing to embrace challenges, and does not see failure as a condemnation of their identity. Those with a growth mindset are rewarded by being given greater levels of responsibility, experience greater business growth, and receive better compensation. 
If you have identified yourself as a Sisyphus, have no fear. It is possible to change your mindset. More on that in the next chapter. The Business Brief is sponsored by LEO2CEO.com, where you can listen to every chapter and find everything you need to grow your post-law enforcement business. Well, let's talk a little bit about the application that you see directly for law enforcement. What, what does that look like? What ideas do you have and how this can be used? Well, yeah, I mentioned uh, two of those ideas early on about speeding uh, spe- vehicles that are speeding way too fast for helicopters or even drones that are speeding. You know, there was a story recently of a souped up drone that was trolling a, a Border Patrol helicopter and they couldn't even catch up to it. So there's a lot of applications in law enforcement of the skies, chasing down multi-copters and quadcopters, a great one, patrolling airports. Then, of course, uh, talking about accident scene uh, mitigation. And another really good one is riot control. You know, we've seen a lot of riots over the last few years in the country. Trust me, if they had one jet quad pull up to the crowd, maybe 10 foot altitude, this thing is pretty loud and it's scary. I guarantee the crowd would have dispersed instantly. We would not have had to throw any gas grenades or anything. Just a just a jackpot hovering in the middle of air with maybe some flashing red and blue lights on it. That that could be a big psychological weapon to to use on uh, on crowds. Okay, so I guess do you see one of the thoughts I had as you were describing this? Do you, do you see there being a a future application here where th- this potentially becomes part of? a transportation market not and i don't mean remote control like you were talking about but could this become a replacement for a patrol car someday down down the road in the future i think so uh, why not i mean uh <laughs> you know i have a design for a, a two-seater flying car based on the jetquad technology it actually has 12 engines it's called the axion It's going to be a fairly expensive patrol car because something like this would cost you more than a million dollars. But it'll be basically like a very compact helicopter that just doesn't have any propellers on it. Don't not not so sure about whether they're going to want to patrol in something like this. Um, I think there are other other applications. I think really ultimately for public safety, it's it's the drone, it's the autonomous capability that's really going to change things. Yeah. Well, I admit my brain kind of went towards Terminator. Um, you know, as we were, as we were talking, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the Terminator and and how all these sorts of technologies. We want to talk about movies a little bit. I mean, you, I've seen jet engine powered drones like this in so many science fiction movies. It's, it's very funny as to, obviously there's some crazy deep psychological demand for people to see this kind of thing. Uh, and I was always curious about it. As a matter of fact, in the most recent Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, they, they literally had Jetquad in there. I don't even know if these guys know the producers of the movie that 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 I my company exists, but it's funny because they made a basic CGI version of this thing flying around, you know, with Vin Diesel and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, Hollywood's onto this for sure. So, how exactly did you come up with this idea? Was it from watching mu- movies or no, something else? No, absolutely not. Movies was definitely something I was like, "Wow, I, why, how did they come up with that?" No, early on, 
maybe this was uh, 15 years ago, uh, myself and my dad, we, we spent a lot of time talking about how do we actually send uh, payloads up into space cheaper because, you know, obviously it's very expensive to send stuff into orbit. Uh, and I came up with this stage for like, it's basically a rocket stage, except it's powered by jet engines. So it has four vertically oriented jet engines and it boosts up the rocket to a certain altitude. And then the stage returns with, the, you know, soft vertical landing back onto the launch pad. So, and obviously SpaceX has completely blown this idea out of the water because they don't need jet engines. They can use ordinary rocket engines to make the same exact thing happen. They're masters of it. There's really nothing that the jet engine will give you. But by the time SpaceX kind of started doing their thing, I was already thinking in terms of building a prototype. And so I actually bought a tiny little jet engine and I built a single kind of engine prototype of this jet engine rocket. Uh, and it was very underpowered. So we had to go to four small jet engines. And, you know, we were messing around the design. I realized, you know, if I was going to make money with this company, with this idea, we have to rebrand it as a drone rather than a rocket because there's really not much money at least in 2015, going into ra- rockets, and was much more money available at the time for drones. So it got rebranded from a rocket stage to a drone, and then you know did a whole lot of prototypes with these vertically oriented engines. Then it turned out that it's actually better to have the engines horizontally oriented. Really solves, saves you a lot of hassle in terms of engine ignition and ground effects, and there's just a whole list of issues that it solves. And here we are today with a, uh, you know, vertical takeoff and landing high-speed drone that really started off as supposed to be a rocket stage. Okay. So where, where do you see your, I mean, you're, you're still in prototype phase right now, pre, pre-production or? Yeah, pre-production you- phase. I say it a little bit later than prototype because we did have a successful flight in uh, end of 2019. We demonstrated that this thing can hover for two minutes at an altitude of about 25 feet. So technology works. Now we're kind of trying to make it into a product. Okay. And so what does your timeline look on that? When do you think this is going to be available uh, on the open market? Uh, It's tough to say at this point, I I would say another year has to pass. I just finished qualification of some new engines because the engine is the most important part of the system. You have to have reliable engines for the vehicle to be reliable. So got a new set of engines. We're going to, I'm going back to flight testing, hopefully the next few months. And if all qualification testing go well, then, Hopefully next summer we can go into uh, officially go into the market. Okay. And will you, will that be kind of like a closed market, if you will, where you're just going to, you're just looking to release this to public safety first, or uh, are there other public uses for this as well? Consumer Um, uses. I think the biggest use for this is, is uh, emergency medical delivery, not so much in public safety sector, but uh, in in other countries uh, due to FAA regulations. So there's a lot of applications in continents like Africa and New Zealand for emergency organ delivery, blood delivery. So I think the first several years of sales are, excuse me, going to be going to those countries. And um, I think maybe later down the road, public safety will actually be a more a more applicable market. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see where this thing goes and, and it just seems like a really neat concept. Like I said, something I wouldn't have thought of and it's uh okay. it's obviously, you know, a little bit uh early in the sense of, of its execution, but you uh seem like you put a lot into it over the last several years and you're kind of right on the cusp there of actually putting this thing into use and seeing some seeing how it functions and in real life. And so I'm excited to 
excited to see where that goes and how it gets uh, uh, used and, and who latches onto this idea. Are, are you working on other prototypes to go forward? Uh, you know, where does this, where does this go? You know, I mean, are you, are you going to try to make it smaller to be more yeah, like the, the size yeah. of an average drone? I think or? bigger. I think a lot of people really want the bigger version, the one that can carry way more payload than the current version. So okay. I think, I think that's what I'm going to go for. But the most important focus right now is to finish the, the current model, get it out to market. It's 40 pound capable. It, it's perfect for emergency medical delivery. And then as, as you know, as I gain profit from those sales, then I can slowly start to uh, scale up and move towards human transportation eventually. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have any other closing thoughts or, or things that you wanted to share with us that we didn't cover yet? Um, no, uh, this is about it. I, I really got to say that if anybody is more interested to find out about this technology, uh, please visit on the website, fusionflight.com. And uh, kind of leave you with the last words that I think in our days where everybody's looking, you know, going green with electrical batteries and electrical propellers, a lot of people forget that there are still a lot of great things out there, a lot of great technologies based on the combustion process that haven't quite been fully explored yet. And so there are a lot of applications out there which could be greatly benefited from this sort of technology. So I, I think people just need to be a little bit more uh, open-minded about all the kinds of different propulsion systems that are out there for drones. Yeah, I think there's certainly some space there to to utilize this exact type of technology. And I, I hope that you being on the show on the Public Safety Innovators podcast gives you the exposure that helps you maybe make some connections to to help further develop this this concept and and see it put into use. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think it'll be great. Thank you. Yeah. So you mentioned the website, anywhere else that you want people to go in order to connect with you? Are you on social media, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, Fusion Flight has Instagram account, has Facebook account, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, there's a YouTube channel with some flight videos and there's a video that explains how, how kind of the drone operates. Uh, so we're, we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, if you search Fusion Flight on Google, man, you, you're going to come up with all of these channels. So. All right. We will, of course, we'll put all those links that Alex provides us with in the show notes for this episode, which you can find by going to psi.chat and then forward slash the, the number of this episode. So go ahead and check out there. We'll actually, maybe we'll put a couple of your videos on the page there too, that people can check out and then obviously head over to your website for more information. Alex, it's awesome having you on the show. Thanks for sharing your idea with us. I look forward to where this, where this goes. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at psi.chat forward slash review. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other public safety innovators like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to psi.chat, click on episodes and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.